With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And welcome to episode 87 of McChesney Unchained, coming to you from the DNVR Barn Studio down here off of Colfax. I am your host, Matt McChesney, as always, and it is my pleasure to bring in the boss man today, Brandon Spano, is going to sit in on episode 87, the Eddie Mac edition, as we call it. Um, Sweet. Spano, what's up? What's up, man? How the hell are you, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to talk some ball, man. It's been a little bit. We were, uh, we were going to have Phil Lindsay on today's show. We'll have him down the road. Phil got concussed uh, on a helmet-to-helmet, pretty nasty shot on Sunday. We'll talk about the Broncos and... That disaster that we saw on Sunday in the snow a little bit later down. Uh, no one on wants the show. to. You don't want Dan Sorensen to walk into your home stadium nope. and just turn into like, dominate you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that was a bad you, deal. It's it's worse. It's look. It's bad when you lose to Kansas City the way they did. It's worse when Daniel Sorensen beats you up the way he did. A pick six, knocking Phil out of the game, about ten tackles. Um, he, he, he dominated Buffalo on Monday up there in, in Orchard Park yeah, as well. Did. So, look, man, I've always thought that Sorensen was the weak link, and he ain't. He, they don't have any weak links. Kansas City's really good. We'll get into that as we get through episode 87. What kind of watch is that, dude? That That's thing a, is incredible. It's a G-Shock, a little black and gold action. You like wow, that? I love that. My Goes good Danny, with the shoes. My boy Danny Zaltzberg, uh, who I've been training for years, his him and his family own right-time watches, so. He always brings me a gift every year, and this was it two years ago. That's so. a, such Anything a black watch. and gold. Speaking of black and gold, um, the Colorado Buffaloes kick off November 7th. They are going to host UCLA. It's the it's going to be the coldest opener in history, and that's a good thing. We'll bring Who's them. starting at quarterback? God knows. I, I, they don't know who they're going to start at quarterback. The game's on ESPN2. Uh, it'll be nationally televised, so hopefully that defense, that front seven on D, can do a really good job of containing UCLA. Just start the kid. I, Let's go. I what want, are we doing? I want them to what start are we Brandon doing? Lewis so bad. What are we doing? But look, I know Carl Durrell. I know Coach Durrell well. I would guess that she Yeah, he's the old ball coach, so Hagen, we don't get to start the kid. They're not going to start the kid. He's bro. not. Just, they should. They, because look, this, Herm started the kid, and look, he's going to have a great uh, Arizona now, State. Now he's a sophomore, and, and, he's, and, a he, and he's going to be great. Exactly, I agree. I think they should start the kid. Not not only should they start Lewis because he can play, and because I think he's a natural athlete and he's a true dual threat. He's yep. got a cannon. Yep. I don't care if he sucks. I don't care if he struggles. He's a true freshman. Why let him sit for these six games? And this is why. This is why these six games don't count. They don't count. None of these yep. kids are losing right, eligibility. Totally, totally. No one totally. in NCAA football this totally. year. This is a season that's not happening, essentially. Yep. Yep. So I don't care if the Buffs go. I mean, I care. If they go 0-6, I'm going to be pissed. But I, if, they, if they're competitive and they go out and play well, it, Mustafa Johnson can come back next year if he doesn't like what happened. Nate Lamick can come back and be a second-year senior with six extra games. Now, I'm looking at this, if I'm one of the players up there, as – an opportunity to set myself up for an even bigger junior season. And if I'm a junior this year, it's no one's talked about that in, in the NCAA. No one's talking about the fact that there are zero people losing eligibility this year. It's like the, the year is not happening. No one at Alabama, no one at Tennessee, no one at Florida, no one at Notre Dame, no one at CU Boulder, no one at CSU, Wyoming. All of them can come back next year at the same exact level they're on right now. So, that said... Working with recruiting the way I do at 6-0, 
in years where we would have 22, 24, 27, 30 scholarships at places, and there's tons of kids getting signed, I've talked to so many coaches, and they are freaked out about the 2022 recruiting class. And look, if you're a parent out there and you have a kid who plays and he's a 2022-er, there's going to be about five or six scholarships at each school. The guys who go to the league or quit playing football after these six to eight to ten games, who at whatever conference you're in, they, they're going to open up scholarships. But there's not 30 guys graduating. Those guys are all going to stay on cycle. So you're going to have some really, really deep, really, really good college football teams next year in 2021 going into 22 the 2022 recruiting class uh, it is going to be hell on earth trying to find guys opportunities yeah you better work and you better be pretty good especially in hobby town fucking colorado let me just take a step back you know here's my thing about brandon lewis someone told me a couple days ago talking football with one of the coaches i know and he says Here's the thing. If you start Brandon Lewis, and this is what Carl Durrell doesn't want, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to call plays. They know it's a one read, and you know they're, they're essentially going to have to just make this game plan happen for him, right? So it's a situation where you call the play, you tell him where he's going with the ball, and it's this totally... One and read it's a, and run. How is it different than Montez last it's year? No That's my and biggest it's thing. Be Montez, it's not like Montez was checking, was going through his reads and making the... No. Bro, Montez can't read defenses. Montez can't read defenses in Washington when he's playing for the, the Washington football team. Montez can't couldn't read defenses in Boulder. He's a one read, and if if his one read's not open, get rid of the ball to run. And honestly, I thought he should have ran more, and they should have ran him more. But look, going back to what you just said about Lewis, yeah, of course he's not going to know what he's doing. He's a freshman. He needs to get the experience. Why wouldn't you give him the experience this year? Because, look, if you really think that Tyler Light or the other guy, who's the other Tyler guy? Tyler Lytle or... Uh, Lytle or... Uh, starts with an N. Neuer, the guy that Neuer. they moved to safety Neuer. and then they moved back to yeah. quarterback. Like, no, I'm not saying Neuer and, and Tyler can't play. I'm saying yeah, they, you are. they can't play in Boulder. <laughs> and you're all we're going to do, all that's going to happen, unless I'm wrong, and I hope I am, I hope Tyler steps in there and balls out, throws for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, and see you go 6-0 and and makes the playoffs and all that good shit, but that ain't happening. All right, so I, I hope that he's good. But my, I would see, I would bet that halfway through the UCLA game, every single Buff fan is going to be on Twitter, myself included, Spano included, sitting there going, "Why in the Sam hell is the is the rookie not playing?" Especially, especially when the year doesn't count. I mean, it counts, but he's still going to be a true freshman next year, and he has you have six games to essentially put him on the on the field in exhibition style matchups against. Pac-12 competition. Why wouldn't you go cut his teeth for six games? Who gives a shit if he struggles? If anything, you're not going to have the same defensive personnel next year. If I'm Mustafa Johnson, I'm leaving, especially if I play well. If I'm Nate Lamon, I'm definitely leaving. He was about to leave last year, and I feel like an idiot for doing this because I can't predict the future, and I didn't know COVID was going to hit. I guess I should have watched CNN a little bit closer. But when I'm telling Nate, go back to college, win the buckus, I thought he was going to play 12 games, play at Texas A&M, you know, have all these big non-conference games, all that kind of shit. And now he's stuck with six, but he could go back to school, but I doubt that. So you're going to lose elite players on the D-line. You're going to lose elite players at the second level in Lamin and Mustafa. I think this buff defense, I think this buff defense is going to turn a lot of heads. Carl Durrell, he's known for playing good, solid defense. The UCLA teams he he coached. I played against the UCLA team that he coached in 03 when we beat him. Uh, in Folsom, and that was a dogfight, 16-14. to 14. His team was disciplined, and honestly, if Mercedes Lewis could catch the ball, he dropped three touchdown passes in that game. They could have beat us 30-16. to 16. So uh, Carl Durrell gets a lot out of his guys. They know he's from the league. The guys know that he can pick up the phone and say, this guy's a draftable football player, whereas Mel Tucker is picking up the phone to say, oh, yeah, I'll take the job. Um, by the way, 
Go Rutgers, dude. I, hold on. Go Rutgers, I gotta tell you this. <laughs> I, I loved those shoes that you're wearing. The black and golds, the Jays. Here's the problem, though. Mel Tucker rocked those, uh-huh. and so now they're a little bit jaded for me because of that. They won't be jaded if we ever get a Jordan sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, look. See, you put true. up some pretty swaggy, some pretty swaggy like low pro yeah, yeah. jogger shoes. They're, they're cool. I'll, I'll definitely roll my ankle in those shoes, but whatever. If Jordan ever comes to Boulder, I will wear nothing but CU gear. Constantly. Hey, I, I want to. I don't know if you meant to open your show with CU or if we're just running with no, this. No, I wanted to talk college football. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I love this. I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a huge Buff guy. Ashad Clayton. So, do you have feel the same about Ashad as you do as Brandon Lewis? Then uh, play him, or is that a situation because running backs? Walk on kid, right? No, no, no. That was a big commit, running back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. he should play too. Okay. Look, I think, look, I, I agree wholeheartedly. He was the one that Tucker uh, re unretired one of those numbers for and gave it to him. Number 19. And then yep. Darrell came in and said, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. We don't <laughs> retire Rashawn <laughs> Salam's number. Yeah. That's retired for a reason. <laughs> Be 18 or 20. Um, I, I look at it like this. And just because of my experience with college football recruiting, and sending so many guys to big-time programs. Watching Cole Taylor play as a true freshman at LSU this weekend. Watching Aiden Akiakana kind of from Mullen, a guy I worked with for years, play at Notre Dame as a true freshman. Watching Reese Atterbury on, on Saturday night go to Michigan, and, and you know he's the first guy off the bench as a true freshman for Michigan. I look at it like this. Why in the Sam hell do I want to recruit kids that I have to redshirt? I want competition. I want guys who want to get in for three or four years, get their degree, and get the hell out. I'm not looking for free school seekers. And to be completely honest with you, if you want to come in in a red shirt, you better be a big-framed offensive lineman because that's about the only guy I want to shirt. I want to develop my offensive lineman through the red shirt program. I want to get my pass rushers and my athletes on the field as fast as possible to cut their teeth because I don't have them for very long. So, again, when you're talking about Clayton, right, that's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clayton, when you're talking about Lewis and all these guys that Mel Tucker and his last recruiting class got in there, and any kid in the future, especially if you have a situation that's so unique to this situation where you have six games against Pac-12 competition that don't count, this is su- this is a massive, massive opportunity for the CU coaching staff and Carl Durrell, in my opinion, Carl Durrell more so because the defense is set. The defense is veteran. They got dudes on that side. And Coach Wilson is going to get the most out of the front seven in the defensive line. Nate Lamon's a great linebacker. They got to ride their defense and they need to play well every game. No 40 point games. Can't have any 40 point games this year. CU's defense needs to be top three in the Pac 12. No ifs, ands, or buts. Even with the secondary and, and being young. Who gives a shit? The front seven is badass. They need to go dominate. The offensive side of the ball, they've got they've got pretty good depth in the offensive line. They're going to rotate a lot of guys in and out, and they should. Will Sherman, their left tackle, is a pro. He could be the best tackle in college football if he stops oversetting and learns how to use his hands independently. And that's one thing that I work on Will a lot down at 6-0 with. But when you're looking at your two your main skill positions being as young as they are, quarterback and running back, what – how does sitting these guys and not cutting their teeth right now help them at all? And if you're them, if they do sit you and they don't play you for six exhibition games, if you're the kids, you've got to question why the hell you came here. Is there something to be said, though, as a coach showing your team that you have to win a position, you have to outperform in camp, you have to actually be the guy. Like like Brandon Lewis, for him to play, he does actually have to be the guy, though, that wins, that all the teammates say, well, they have this to give is who our guy. Too. They can't just be like, well, he's a freshman. Look, if the, the freshman... Because, because if the wide receivers and the linemen and stuff aren't saying he's the guy, then he can't then be the guy. the guy. Right. It, look, but they're not going to come out and go against Coach Durrell. If Coach Durrell says, look, the veterans are going to get the opportunities, even if the rookie is the best player on the field, it doesn't matter. And I'll use this example. I'll use Colt Brennan as an example. Colt Brennan went to Hawaii, tore up the record books, got murdered by Georgia in the bowl game, got in a bad car wreck, didn't play in the NFL. He's my boy. I love Colt. Colt was at CU. He was a walk-on. Right? He was there for two years, and Colt got in some trouble and had to leave, and I wish Gary would have kept him around and gave him a real shot. Colt Brennan used to destroy us in practice. I mean, 
practice on on Tuesday and Wednesday when we were in pads and the scout team was out there, Colt Brennan used to run circles around us in practice and piss us off so bad in 2003 and 2004 that you it, it was, there were arguments on the field, people fighting each other because he was just lacing them. And there was a strong consideration when when Clatt was playing not up to snuff as, a, as his junior year because he played great as a sophomore when he had Hackett and McCoy and, all, and Kloppenstein and all those weapons. And then we lost all those guys when he was a junior. And his senior, senior year, he played great. Junior year, he had nine touchdowns, 16 picks. I can't believe I remember those numbers off the top of my head, but I do. They put James Cox in, who was a, a scholarship player, for two or three games that year and replaced Joel. And there was a strong consideration that they should have put Colton, Colt in the game. And then we watched Colt go to Hawaii after he got in trouble, and he destroys the Mountain West or the WAC or whatever it was called at that point. And they take, go take him to the Sugar Bowl, and I was like, this guy was just in our fucking locker room last year. So my thing is, when you're talking about the light and Neuer, if they could have, if look, man, Neuer can't go from safety or quarterback to safety back to quarterback, and you can't, you're going to convince me that he's the quarterback. It's like me going from defensive line back to offensive line four years later, moving back to defensive line. Like, I'm still a three technique. Nah, dude, you just got moved to offensive line. You're a guard now. Um, he, he's a safety or a linebacker. He's not going to play quarterback. Tyler Lytle's the quarterback, and I really hope that he's everything they recruited. Because if they which he's not, we've already heard not. that he's he's not, that he's not good. He's not that guy. So if he's not that guy, what the fuck are we talking about? Especially with six exhibition games, and that's what I want everybody to think about here. Why not just play everyone and see what you have, Carl Durrell? Everybody gets an opportunity to play because these six games don't mean shit. And I hope we win, and all oh, that's great. But let's be real here. They, they go two and four, and I'm going to chalk it up to COVID suck. 2020 can kiss my ass. I can't wait till next year and see what they can do. But you, this is an opportunity to get every single guy as much playing time as humanly possible before you go into spring ball and start building your team for an actual college football season. Here's the one question that I'll ask is, do you believe that, you can ruin a quarterback. You know, there's the old saying like, hey, this guy was ruined. This guy was so great coming in. They ruined him. Uh, if it's bad enough, can you ruin Brandon Lewis? I mean, that could be not, a concern not as of the a coaches. freshman. Not as a freshman. Not this year. If you explain to him, like, look, there are no expectations. The only expectation what is, is the, that you What is the line? Like, are they bringing back a, a lot of the line? The, the offensive and defensive line, the front seven on defense and the offensive line are the two deepest positions on the field. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for a dual-threat mobile quarterback for CU to finally, finally buy into the future of quarterback play and play a dual-threat guy who zone reads and runs the ball 30 times a game. I thought I saw it with Cepho. Oh, I did. The year that they went 10-3 and three or whatever, 10-4 and four, won the South – Cepho ran his ass off that year, and he's not even an athletic quarterback. He's just big tight end out there running around. So, again, if you have a natural athlete back there, give him the fucking rock, and let's go see if he can play. Because if I'm Brandon Lewis or, or, or Carroll or these other kids, I'm going to look at this as, okay, we have six games that don't mean shit, and the coaches still aren't giving me an opportunity to play because I'm young. Well, next year I'm going to be a freshman too. Are they just going to recruit somebody else, some JUCO guy to come in and take my job? I'm going to be young then too. So am I always just going to be the young guy, or are they going to give me an opportunity to come out here and cut my teeth? Right. And that's the, the other thing, and the last thing I want to say about this before we move on, Buffs host UCLA November 7th on ESPN2, 5 p.m. Go Buffs. Um, I'll say this. If you're Brandon Lewis – you didn't come here to redshirt. Mel Tucker didn't sell him on this program, and I know damn well he didn't, to, to bring him in here to redshirt. The redshirting idea is 100% Carl Durrell and Brandon Lewis just being a good teammate. Because Mel Tucker brought him in here to compete for the starting job, yeah. knowing he didn't have anything in the cupboard. Right. 100%. And even if Tyler plays and starts, this kid needs to get a ton of run. And... I don't want to hear 
we're struggling at the quarterback position, but we're trying to keep. Do you him think that Darrell has any animosity for these recruits saying like these aren't my guys? If he's dumb. Yeah, I mean, because that's not how the college no, football how works. works. Yeah, yeah. You know, so well, I mean, it, that actually that actually is it how it works hap- for it for, for kids that are in the recruiting system that haven't yet signed. It happens. It yeah. happens constantly. I mean, when Mike Bobo left CSU, we had five kids lose offers. You know what I'm saying? Like when isn't CSU starting a dual threat transfer? Yeah. Steve Adasio's not fucking around up there, bro. He's really put together a good-looking football yeah. team. I think CSU would have given CU everything they could handle this year. And honestly, if they do do bowl games this year, I'm praying to God CU and CSU meet in one. That would be kick-ass and fitting. <laughs> um, I, I'll say this. I'll <laughs> that say would this. be amazing. That would be kick-ass. And eventually it will happen because the Mountain West and the Pac-12 play all the time. The The Colorado Buffaloes have a very unique pres- uh uh, circumstance here, an opportunity to develop their youth with no repercussions, if that makes sense. No one gives a shit if you win or lose. The diehards are going to care, but and I, I want us to win, but I want to see these young guys develop into the professional talents that I think they are. So we'll see. Uh, the CSU didn't play last week because of COVID fears and fires and God knows what else. I, I hope think they, they had 20 kids yeah, that have can't it or play. something. So, you know, that's they're going to have to figure that out. CSU should kick off this weekend. Uh, Air Force, after beating the hell out of Navy, went on the road to San Jose yeah, State good. and got just mollywopped by San Jose State. So they, they've got to figure some stuff out down in the springs. But, you know, the team I saw against Navy looked really good, and the team I saw against San Jose State looked really bad. So, you know, it's, it's the beauty of college football is young guys and lack it's of all about matchups. All about matchups. All right, so college football, we'll put a wrap on that. We'll get into the NFL. This is episode 87, McChesney and Chain coming to you from the DNVR bar down here off of Colfax. Get your ass down here and support any and all Colorado small business. Uh, this place is amazing. Come down here and watch all your games. They get down here for all the Bronco games, and I can't wait to see what it's like. Play NBA Jam games. after this. I'm going to beat, NBA jam. I'm gonna beat oh, Matt McChesney's you know ass into the dirt at NBA Jam. I am going to go Thunder Dan Marley on your ass the whole time. Thunder Dan from the cup or Chris Mullen. Yo, Mullen. Oh, Mullen's Yo. my guy. Yeah, on he's that. the fucking shit. <laughs> How about, or you just dish it to Hardaway if they start playing the perimeter real good on your boom. Hardaway. Is Gary get... Payton on that game? Um, I think it's uh, Sean Kemp and, and Detlef right? Shrimp on Detlef there. Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. Damn, Gary Payton must feel terrible that he got I, beat out by I, i'm not sure you i i don't i don't know i don't know I, I i'm not sure i know kemp is on there and he's nasty on d it's just very rare basketball is the only game where you can just name say one person's first name like arvidas yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when i before i had a beard my friends used to tell me i looked like arvidas Sabonis. that ain't good <clears throat> all right let's get into the nfl as a whole here uh this week was absolutely crazy. The early games on Sunday were nuts. Atlanta and Detroit, Gurley saying his momentum takes him into the end zone. I mean, it looked like he tried to stay out, but I don't know, stop on the three-yard line. You're a world-class athlete. That's a terrible excuse. Maybe you just wanted to score a touchdown. Uh, they, Detroit wins 22-21, stays uh, at 3-3, three and three, and then the hunt in the NFC, and the NFC is stacked with teams. We'll go, off the, we'll go over the playoff uh, brackets here in a minute when we get done. New Orleans beats Carolina 27-24 and another nail-biter. Carolina had a chance to tie it up from 52. They were two yards, two yards short. Teddy's got them boys looking a lot different. They do look a lot different. And when Christian comes back, man, I wish Christian McCaffrey was in a big market. I wish the Broncos could figure out a way to sign that someday. It's crazy when a guy Teddy goes in there and he just brings ball security and confidence. The coaches call confidence. When a guy takes care of the ball, it changes everything. Everything. Changes everything. And it's it, then it's going to be my main argument when we talk about the Broncos here uh, moving forward. But I think Christian McCaffrey, if he does come back Thursday night, I think he'll annihilate Atlanta's sorry-ass defense, and Atlanta will fall the one and seven I can't, or whatever. Can you believe they accidentally scored that touchdown? Well, that's my lost. thing. Like, it, it's, <laughs> if, if you're a Falcon fan, I have fan, never bro, seen It is just that every ever. weekend you're just bashing your head against the wall. Since that 28-3 letdown in the Super Bowl, they have blown so many fourth-quarter leads I don't even know what well, to and do here, about Well, and here's it. the thing. Here's the thing is that I thought. When he scores and he gets up and holds his head like, oh, my, my God, God, I can't so believe what stupid. I did. Here, here's what I thought is 
If you were a fan and you were wondering if your defense, if you were a Falcons fan, you were wondering, can my defense stop him? There's the answer. The player, yeah. he plays on the team. He said no. <laughs> he held his head saying, no, we Every can't. Single, I just lost us the game. The whole defense. That's the answer. The whole defense on the, the sideline. The players know that they can't. When you saw three or four guys when he fell in the end zone, the whole defense like throw their hands up and they like, you can hear him mouth like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> Oh, like, we got to go back out. Why didn't right. you just take a knee? Like, bro, you're paid to play defense. They have a minute and 20 left, and Matt Stafford's their quarterback. Could, you think you could, oh, you I, think I you mean, could shut him down? I hate that. Like, like, do you think, Bob, if that happens, do you think Bobby Wagner is saying, like, oh, my God, they – or no, do you, do you think he's saying, like, hey, let's go, let's I, go. I, I think, let's I go. think let's... that Sunday night game was nuts, and we'll talk about what Bobby Wagner had to say here in a minute. That game was fucking crazy. Uh, Green Bay hammers. Actually, yeah, I shouldn't have used Bobby Wagner as the well, example. Well, I, think, I, I mean, think on Sunday night he actually was saying, holy shit, we have to go back on the field. So let's just get into that right now, all right? Washington beat the shit out of Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> wow. you, you're so terrible. You're worse than the Jets. At least the Jets know that they're god-awful god dog shit. You guys actually think you're good. But I will say this about the Cowboys before we get into the Sunday night game. <clears throat> when your quarterback slides and Bostic uh, just kills him, and I thought Andy Dalton was dead. I literally thought he was dead. And no one on offense That was a shit. terrible hit. It was terrible. I, th there's a lot of hits. Totally uncalled for. A lot of hits in football, I'm sure you're the same way. People say, that was terrible and dirty. And I'm like, no, nah, nah, this is football. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that you can do. That shit. one was terrible. Totally dirty. That one was a terrible You know hit. what the worst part about it is? Not one of his pussy ass teammates did anything. I'll get I'll get kicked out and fined. If you hit my quarterback like that when he's blatantly sliding and it's yeah. slow ass Andy Dalton and you're doing it to set the tone and get him out of the game so you know you win. I'm sorry, but Boston gets his ass beat in that game. Beat. Beat. And the fact that nobody on the Cowboys. Helmet off Kyle did Turley anything, style. Straight beating the shit out of this dude on the field. <laughs> Like haymakers, bloody noses, fighting the whole both bench clear. This is time to get the fuck down and fight. You're playing a division rival. It's Cowboys and Indians. I know it's the Washington football team, but this is Cowboys Redskins, and they fucking hate each other. And Bostic annihilates your backup quarterback and damn near while, kills him on while the field. he's sliding. While he's sliding, and it wasn't like going into the slide. No, he, he's he, laying he, down for his head with his head and destroyed him. And the whole the whole offensive line turned around. They were like. What should I do? Should I do something? And even Jerry Jones is being asked, do you have a leadership problem? And he says, where, on the offensive line? Yeah, Jerry, on the fucking offensive line. You got a little bit of a leadership problem. Your team is dog shit. They're the Dallas Cowgirls. Figure it out. <clears throat> Tampa Bay oh, hammered boy. the Raiders. I think Tom Brady looks outstanding. And for everybody that thought he was going to fall off, for Bill Belichick not doing everything humanly possible to give him more weapons... You well, there's a little like story fools. behind this. There's a little story behind this. I want this. to hear this story. Peyton Manning brought this up, actually, in his weekly breakdown. So the first two weeks, they were running this Bruce Arians slash Brady kind of... Um, Hybrid, a hybrid thing. Like they morphed together McDaniel's offense. And, and, then, and, then, and then Brady went and said, dude, give me my fucking playbook. Yeah. And they started running that. Let me that. do what I do. 15 touchdowns, one interception yeah. since they're running Brady's playbook. Yep. Here's the thing, guys, and this this is good. This goes to all walks of life. This is business. This is football. This is your relationship with your wife or husband or whatever. Like, whatever's the best way that gets the results you want, that's where you go. That's how you do it. Stop. It's not about credit. It's about winning. It's about the result. And so you just go with that. And so kudos to Bruce Arians to say, okay, fuck it. I don't need the credit here. Just go win some games. It's very smart of him because he's putting him in position to win a Super Bowl because Tom Brady in the playoffs is as good as they get. He's never had a team like this either. This – Single-handedly, this is by far the most talented team he's ever had, ever. Even with Randy Moss, well, now even they got the Antonio Brown team. come in, and now Antonio Brown's on the team, and Antonio Brown's just like he's matured. Who gives a shit? Go catch the ball and score touchdowns. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, Ryan Jensen, their center, is a guy I've been working with since he was a rookie in Baltimore, and I was on the phone with him last night, and he is happier than a pig in shit. Like, he is, he is elated. He's like, everything is easy, even if it's hard. Every, we take advantage of every single mistake the defense makes all the time. 
We're not turning the ball over. We can run the ball whenever we want. Our defense is number one in the league, flying around, killing people. And they lost Vita Vey on against the Bears two weeks ago, and they got better. They went and trade for Steve McClendon from the Jets, who had like nine tackles the other day against the Raiders, killing them inside. So I think Tampa Bay is the number one team in the NFC because Seattle can't play defense. And they, they just keep getting better and better and better. And Tom Brady has a ton of weapons. And the, the Patriots got destroyed on Sunday. Cam Newton's thrown seven interceptions to two touch or two touchdowns. Bill Belichick got had his worst home loss in the entirety of his career there by 27 points to the Niners, and they beat the shit out of New England. So I guess the if the if you're as, asking the who who's better, Brady or Belichick, because that's the question, it's Brady. Because I don't give a shit what kind of coach you are. If you don't have a quarterback. You can't play, period. Vic Fangio had Tom Brady. He would be the best goddamn coach in, in football, which makes me wonder why the fuck didn't Elway go after Tom Brady hard? Like, why didn't he pull up in the jet like he did for Peyton? Is it just because he was a Patriot? No, but they had Drew Locke. They're, and here we go. They're, here they're, we they're, fucking go. They're going to build. The, they're going to build the franchise around the guy. Oh my god! But you I'm know, start people like you in Denver won't allow people them like to me. develop a quarterback. Me, I won't, won't allow, allow them, them to, to develop. develop a quarterback. Give me a fucking I mean, break, Josh Allen. You would have ridden. You would have blasted Josh Allen out of the town a year ago, right? I mean, this is how this works, right? Buffalo I mean, made the playoffs, I mean, right? I mean, well, uh, hold on, hold uh, on, hold uh, on. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. You would have blasted. He knew he was. Great last year, you'd have you would have sent him in a you would have put him in a cannon and blasted him into the sun last year. But you know what? That's what that's what this market does. This kid has started eight games, and we're ready to shoot him out of he a cannon already. Games. He started ten, games. Ah, eight, ten, whatever. Right? Are we ready to shoot him right out of a cannon? Let's give this guy a chance to develop. A chance to do what? To develop. A chance to do what? Last week, I watched him throwing dimes that were being dropped by uh, guys that have as much. Uh, it you know, takes both. You can't if the okay. ball's uncatchable, they drop it's it. It's uncatchable. The Deshaun Hamilton, them, the Deshaun Hamilton one that dropped right in his fucking well, hand when he's running a nine. Man, I mean, beautiful route. Let's, let's be real. Deshaun Hamilton couldn't catch the clap in a whorehouse. So it, I mean, it's it. That's I'll give you that one. The other three. Oh, oh, the uh, the, the Albert other, the, look, Albert, the Albert O catches should have been yeah, caught. Okay, I, he well, should yeah. they should have caught all four of them. Okay, yeah, you I got mean, a point. But we're not talking about New England in an eighteen to twelve loss. We're saying. talking about Kansas okay, City in a forty three to sixteen a, fucking beatdown. Okay, it, it's it's in. A, right, we're not even talking about these other games. It's in a blizzard. It is against the. This is his Super Bowl. It's in a blizzard. It's against his hometown team. Okay, he know they're bringing the fire. Right? I mean, they're calling. He has to go against Spags as a young guy. He ends up going twenty four for forty. Right? He ends up going twenty four for forty here. He ends up throwing for two hundred and fifty four yards. He throws one really bad pick six. The other one was uh, he threw it behind a little bit on a slant. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. Like I didn't think it was that terrible. And that that's the thing. We uh, somehow in Denver, in Denver, Colorado. The Denver Broncos, where we have seen John Elway and Peyton Manning play quarterback and win special teams defense. Shut up, this Elway and and Manning. You've seen both of them play here, which is somehow skewed the perspective. Somehow you think it skewed the perspective. Yes, skewed the perspective. Set the table. It set the table. We are not going to settle. It set the unrealistic perspective. Why is it unrealistic? I watched them do it here. That's not unrealistic. Because you get one. Yeah, like, like, like you don't get, like, you, you don't understand. You don't get that all the time. Oh my horse. Don't shit. you remember what it was like between Elway and Manning? Like people yeah, forget bad. about I that. I was on the team with snorting Kyle Orton. <laughs> I know what it was, and, but still, but look, look. Cutler, he was great Cutler in training was, camp, by the way. Oh, Kyle Orton was, Orton was awesome <laughs> until we had to play games. <laughs> He's the best guy to party with on earth. His name's snorting Kyle Orton for a reason. Um, <clears throat> Cutler was what he was, was what he I was. I heard he was a Borton Kyle Orton. I, I'm not even going to get into that one. I, I will say this. I, Drew Locke reminds uh, uh, me a lot Al, of Whoever's Cutler. editing this pod, cut that part out. Yeah, yeah. Don't cut it out. This is an explicit show. We say what we say. Fucking deal with it. I, Locke reminds me of Cutler. This nonchalant i'm gonna be better or i can be better would, and i can oh be he's like, not nonchalant like it's, cutler it's, he apologized he was said i, I gotta get better shit. i should have made that yeah, pass you jay, lost, jay you cutler jay cutler came out and said i'm i'm fucking better than john elway the real quote 
Right? I could throw harder than John Elway. Well, I he mean, can't say on. that because John Elway's upstairs. I, I just, look, man, I'm not going to sit here and put on the fan hat like you and Ryan No, no, and no. The fan else. hat is to shit on him. That's the fan That's hat. Not, That's what fans not, are doing. All the even, fans are shitting on Locke. I didn't shit on anybody. I haven't even said my opinion like, like, the, like, like the opinion is I, like, look, give this guy a second. I mean, can we let him Can we let him maturate? I mean, okay, the guy has okay. nothing around, right? All right. Let, let, me, let me ask you this then. I'm not so much mad at Drew Locke as I am the Broncos. And if I'm going to speak here for more than 10 seconds without you interrupting me, so shut up. Well, that's because the first half of the show, I just had to hear you talk the whole time. Okay. Now I got, I got to <laughs> scream over you to get my point across. We're spicy on McChesney Unchained, bitch. This is the Eddie McIntyre. This Mac is the Habanero episode. Ah, got a little Tabasco sauce in my eye. <laughs> oh, I heard about God that. Goddamn, Mike Nolan. That's, uh, apparently, you got it on your eye on the sideline, too, bro. Um, it's just. I swear to God, coaches and players just like alley-oop shit for the media. And we're just like, yep, we're going to dunk this motherfucker. Uh, my thing with the Broncos is this. It's not so much the disappointment of Drew Locke. It's the stubbornness of John Elway to keep giving Drew Locke guys like Pat Sumler. Or what's, what's his fucking name? Pat, Sum- Pat Sumler, right? To give him three wide Pat Sumler when you should be running the ball out of 21 pro heavy fullback to cha- to trade Andy Janovich. Wait, are you talking about K.J. K- Hamler? No, I'm talking about the offensive coordinator. Oh, 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 oh. Pat oh. Schumer, sorry. Pat Schumer. Pat Sh- to bring in Pat Schumer Pat as your O.C. And then to have Vic Fangio as your head coach. Great. Hire Vic as your defensive coordinator and bring in a young offensive mind that can actually relate totally, to the fucking totally. quarterback and is not running these archaic totally three-wide systems where every defense on earth can watch the fucking tape and scheme up how to beat him consistently, which all that's all Kansas City did. They sat back and said, look, we'll let Denver beat themselves. We know that the OC is notorious for three-wide football. We don't even have Cortland Sutton, and he loves taking shots. This is why he didn't fucking pan out in New York when he had Danny Dimes. We got to stop recycling all these archaic fucking football coaches and go hire a Joe Brady as your head coach or go hire a young offensive-minded head coach and then have him relate to your goddamn quarterback so you can develop him in today's modern football instead of these – these concepts that Eli Manning ran in 2004. And it's, yeah, no, that is my problem. It's yeah. not so much that Drew Locke can't play. Drew Locke is a fucking stud. Drew Locke is a stud. He's got a fucking cannon. He can move. But he's being he's being forced to play in this, this professional system that only fucking works for guys named Manning and Brady. Yeah, I I agree. And And, and I think he's a college spread quarterback. He can run. Why is he not running the ball as much as Josh Allen? Drew Locke fucking can dig. Why is he not out there running? Because he's frail. He's frail in the pocket when you can't protect him. And Cameron Hayward's falling on him. The one thing I was worried about, too, coming into this was I just thought that playing Spagnola, I just thought the one issue the Broncos have on offense, and this is kind of what you're saying, is just you know what's going to happen. You, you, like, if you walk up to the line and everyone says, oh, here we go, we're going to pass. Oh, here we go, we're going to run. When you get into that situation, you know, especially with Tyran Matthew running around all over the middle of the field, I just thought, man, they're going to turn the ball over if, you know, if you're able to, to, to I, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think here, but but if you're too uh, predictable, that's what I was thinking, if, if you're too predictable, right? Uh, so, yeah, if you're too predictable here on the pass – and here's the one thing I hate about the Broncos' offense, because I, I agree to a point. I do like the run game, but I'll say this about the Broncos' they can offense. They run the shit out of the football. I, I texted Andre and Ryan the this. They're the worst team in the league that I've seen. Maybe like the Jets or something are worse, but out of all the teams I've watched, no one's worse on first down. They first down's a throwaway down. They don't run anything. I mean, this is Matt. This is this is. Uh, eighth grade, thirty-six fucking dive. Like, like, like. Run the ball. I, I mean, th- this is all they do. This is, uh, you know, there's no counter. There's no play. I mean, the first down is they every single time they start second and ten, second and second and nine, second and twelve. Like they ruin first down every time, and that that is really tough for a young quarterback. There's nothing worse than bad drive starters because then you're putting it all on one guy, and I don't know. Look, if Drew. If Drew Locke is Peyton Manning in 15 years, put it all on him. That's what makes Peyton Manning great. That's what makes Tom Brady great. Put it on him. 
But even Tom doesn't do that, and Peyton didn't do that. They are the best at getting everyone involved. They're the best at understanding what the defense is going to give them and taking it. I've been hearing this a lot. Well, why doesn't Drew Locke take what the defense gives him? In the in the turning point, there's three or four circumstances where you can see him not take the underneath throws. And I've been thinking about this all day yesterday and all this morning before we do the turning point. I don't think that he's being told to take the underneath throws. I think he's being told to look deep to shallow, mm. not shallow to deep. And this is exactly going back to the Tom Brady and Bruce Arians thing we were just talking about. Bruce Arians has been consistent his whole career with every one of his quarterbacks from Roethlisberger to Jameis Winston to Tom Brady to Andrew Luck to Peyton Manning. And and Peyton's really the one that, that got him to change. I want you to look deep to shallow. And, and Tom was like, no, nah, I'm going to look shallow to deep because I'm trying to get the ball out of my hands quick. And they've kind of morphed in between to look, look mid to shallow to deep. And it's working for him. I feel like Drew Locke comes out of the huddle and immediately identifies where the safety is. And if it's single high, he goes deep. And if it's too yeah, high, it's true. Yeah. he holds the fucking ball and he has a hard time figuring out if it's zone or man. And then he holds it for too long and his throws are errand when they should be completed easily. And that's the consummate sign of an overthinker. So my thing is, if you're going to consistently throw it on this kid and he's going to be the reason you're not successful... I think everybody needs to start looking at the other quarterback in the fucking building named John Elway. That's the reason they're not being successful. And it's not because he's not providing talent. The Broncos are stacked. They got dudes. They got first-rounders and second-round receivers. And Philip Lindsay is a hoss. And if he can stay healthy, I think that he could be a great player here. Melvin Gordon is good when he's not drunk and has strep. I just... Let's let's talk about Phil real quick. I, I want to ask you. I yeah, mean, well, so this it's, is a problem. It's the, a wrist. The Phil and the Melvin thing is a problem. And then it's a turf toe, and then it's a concussion. Yep. And, and if you look at all of these things like in a vacuum one-on-one, -on -one, you say, okay, well, that's fluky. Well, oh, yeah, that, anybody can get a turf toe. Oh, well, I mean, he's got helmet to helmet. But at some point, do you start saying, like, I don't know, is yes. this guy small? Is this guy frail? Can yes. this guy play? He's not NFL? frail, but he is small. And... He's played in the NFL. He's made a Pro Bowl and had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. So when he's healthy, he's elite. Uh, as a guy who couldn't stay healthy, and I'm far from frail, it's once you start getting hurt, all you do is rehab while everybody else is getting better. Mm. And it takes away from your ability to stay healthy on the field because you're, you're focusing so much time on one body part instead of everything. I will say that a concussion is different. Concussion is not really so much your physical it's more mental uh it's getting over the concussion you know being able to lower your head through a pile and, and have confidence you know i thought that i mean was, 10 years ago he wouldn't have left the game 100 <laughs> so he would have played. just played so and he would have ran for he would have i mean 150, yards. 150 yards yeah exactly and and that's and my he would thing feel is, fine right now why it why do the broncos run so well with philip Lindsay back but they can't do shit with Melvin Gordon. I've seen Melvin Gordon break a couple. He broke one against the Jets. Whoopty fucking do. I could have scored on that touchdown against the Jets. Yeah, Matt. Uh, Philip Lindsay, 8.8 average on Sunday. Uh, Melvin Gordon, four-yard average. And that's my thing. It's a, it's halfway. So I, I thought, and I've said this routinely, I thought the Melvin Gordon signing was atrocious. I still think it's atrocious. It's a waste of fucking money. That should, money should have gone to Phil. Um, and if I'm Phil Lindsay, just like Garrett Bowles, I'm not re-signing here and I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. So do I think Phil can play in this league? Yes. I think Phil needs to go. Phil needs to go to like the Niners and play in a system where it's run first. And consequently, that's what the Broncos need to do. Pat Schumer needs to look at himself in the mirror and go, I can't believe I just traded Andy Janovich just to replace him with this Cox dude for a seventh fucking rounder. Um, and then we're going to come out in a 21 personnel and have to try and run the ball, but we just traded Andy. And you wonder why the Browns are the number one rushing team in football and they've got that hammer at fullback and the great offensive line. It's The Broncos are doing it wrong, and it's crazy to me that we're saying this because what did John Elway struggle with his entire career? Doing it by himself, right? Yeah, he had the triplets, and he had Steve Sewell and Sammy Winder and Bobby Humphreys and shit, but they never really had – 
like no. an offensive identity. It was it was it was Dan Reeves holding back John Elway, and then five minutes left in the game, like okay, John, my fucking way didn't work this week. Go yeah. win the game. And, and and even then, it was John save us on third down. Exactly, John scramble and just throw it up or run, and he did it for 14, 15 years, and then Shanahan came in and and provided an offensive line that was not a bunch of pro bowlers and a bunch of all-stars. It was a bunch of cast-offs and Gary Zimmerman. And they fit the scheme. And yeah, they fit yeah. the scheme. And when you when you put Tony Jones and Zimmerman and Schlereth and Habib and Nalen out there and you have a scheme that fits, Elway doesn't have to do everything. And he has, gets to hand off to TD and the the backs that came after that. In the I mean, it's, it's, but my it's thing fair is, to mention that scheme is outlawed now. <laughs> it's against the rules. Well, yeah, but they're still running it. They're, well, they're, they're not running, running the, it like they're they not did. running with backside chop blocks, but <laughs> yeah. but the the cutback Which lanes was, in San Francisco are, and Green Bay are just as big with the scheme that, sure. that they are anywhere else. They're piping the fucking ball in, in the Bay Area. Fair. So my my thing is this, Spano. Is it just because him and Shanahan don't get along? That's why he doesn't want to revert to a run first system. I can't believe that's actually the reason. So what is holding John Elway back from just running the ball seventy percent of the time? What is wrong with that these days? Your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the last two weeks has thrown for like 240 yards in each game. Yeah, he just threw for 200 against the 200, Broncos. 200, and they beat the shit out of the Broncos. He doesn't have to do everything. He's going to play there for 20 years because of this. What the? What, what's the disconnect? Every single game this weekend, Browns-Bengals, 37-34. Both quarterbacks go off, but they've got pieces everywhere. It, they can run the shit out of the football. Seattle, 30-34. Arizona, 37. Both dynamic quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket that are under six foot. But what do they both have? Russell Wilson wheels. has three running backs and wheels. Kyler Murphy has three running backs and wheels. And DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and all these other dudes. They got weapons everywhere. And they've got offensive. Cortland Sutton being getting hurt really fucked them. It, it does fuck them, but it, it, the system wouldn't have changed. There's I love still, the sports still, analysis on this show. Normally, still, I would say Cortland Sutton being yeah, well, out really hurt the Broncos' chances. <laughs> no, he but fucked no, him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bar show, baby. That's why we do it from the bar down here at DNBR. This is the bar show. We're really sitting at a bar right now. If, and we are sitting at a bar. And if you want some truth, this is where you get it. Episode eighty-seven, McChesney Unchained. And we're almost done. We'll almost we're almost done arguing with each other, and then we'll be on our merry way. Look, man. <laughs> the the highlight era of football that we live in, where everything's on Instagram, Twitter, it's all mm. highlights on Sports Center, it's all highlights all the time. The turning points, either highlights or lowlights, it's ruining conservative, constructive football play. And it's ruining quarterbacks. I don't need Drew Locke to do everything. I don't need a home run every time you throw the fucking ball. I need an offensive coordinator that's going to be like, hey, Drew, see that flat route? Throw the flat route. See the check down? Throw the check down. You, if it's a light box, change to a run immediately. I never see him change the play. It's like they call the play, and he's like, yes, sir, runs in, runs the play, regardless of what's going on. Mm. You're, you're really calling a fucking flea flicker at midfield in a snowstorm? Do you really think that that would go over with any veteran quarterback? Hell no. I, and I'll say this. No. I'll, I'll say this. Someone they would made walk a- out and go, I'm not doing this shit. Meech made a good point on that. I was watching it with Meech, and you know, Meech is his son, who is an absolute stud, an absolute stud. <laughs> he's a it's, pretty good football. He's player. He's a damn good football player, and he's young, and he's gonna be killing people. He's already killing people. Good shit, Meech. Um, so Meech said, uh, Drew's lucky that Melvin th- pot- tossed the ball over his head because Frank Clark was running at him full speed. Full speed, and so he pretty much got to catch that pitch Frank Clark did instead of. Drew Lock getting decapitated, and that's my thing. Is it's the play calling, it's the development, it's the, it's the, the, the plan. It's the what's the plan this week to go outgun Justin Herbert? That's all I keep hearing. Oh, it's Lock against Herbert. If we're gonna go outgun him and outthrow him, and it's a competition, why? Why do we want to go outgun Justin Herbert? How about we control the time of possession and win the goddamn Mm. football game and go to three and four, put them at two and five, and nail the coffin shut? Because I'll tell you this. You go toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert. I've seen Brady go toe-to-toe with him. Go to toe to toe with them, and Justin Herbert damn near won. I saw Breeze go toe to toe with them, and Justin Herbert damn near won. I saw Mahomes go toe to toe with them, and Justin Herbert damn near won. And then last week he did win. 
I thought I'm going toe to toe with Bridgewater, and he yep. damn near won. Yeah. So, and then last week he got his W, yep. and now he's got confidence. And it's not like the the Tampa Bay Denver game. And I know Jeff fucking Driscoll was playing, but still, it was an ass beating. And they could have beat us by 40 points. They called the dogs off. The Tampa Bay Charger game, they were up on Tampa Bay 24-7 at one point and rolling. And Tom Brady was like, fuck this. I'm not losing to Justin Herbert. And went off, and they ended 38-31. And he yeah, threw like 500 really yards. So why are we sitting here saying Dude, that when this I saw weekend that kid is Herbert against Locke? When I saw that kid roll out, and he's running up a sideline, and a linebacker comes, and full speed helmet to helmets him, and Herbert looks down, and the guy is injured, I was like, Jesus City, Christ. Right? What is this? I'm like, Jesus, dude. Herbert just killed a linebacker who was trying to kill him. And, and look, Justin Herbert's only on the field because some doctor punctured Tyron Taylor's lung. Remember that. Because the, the head coach in, uh, for the Chargers, what's his name again? Yeah. Um, I can't remember his fucking name. Why can't I remember his name? He played running back for the Broncos, for God's sakes. He won Super Bowls here. Son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, uh, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, Anthony Lynn. Him. I think he's a good head coach, but he was going to ride with Tyrod all year and just let Justin sit there. That's the old ball coach that's move. That's the old ball coach yeah, move right yeah, there. That's yeah. what we're talking about. That's right. the problem with the fucking shit in Denver. It's old ball coach bullshit. <laughs> There's a lot of old ball coach old stuff Old ball going coach on. bullshit. There is, you yeah, get rid of yeah, the old ball yeah. coach bullshit, and you'll win a lot of games. There's an old ball coach bullshit going on in Boulder. There's old ball coach bullshit going down at Dove Valley. There's yeah. old ball coach bullshit going on in L.A. It's just ball coach bullshit Why don't you everywhere. Don't ask Matt about the old ball coach shit that's going on at Colorado high schools across the oh metro. My God. God, that is some ball coach bullshit right there. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. It, look, if you're a high school coach and you're consistently telling your kids what to do instead of asking them what they're doing, you're doing some ball coach bullshit. How about Kingsbury over in Arizona, man? He's got them humming. And I, I played with Cliff when Those I was guys a rookie. Are inspired. He's, a, he's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show many times. We'll try and get him on again. Um and that is the, exactly what I'm talking about. Take a chance on somebody. And when he got the Arizona job, everyone was like, well, it's just because of Kyler Murray. Yeah, no shit. My head coach needs to develop the most important position. We can't hire a 65-year-old crypt keeper that just knows defense and doesn't <laughs> give a shit about the offense at all. Doesn't give a shit. Just wants to rotate in some guy he quote-unquote trusts instead of some guy that's mm. going to quote-unquote take over the fucking reins and actually play offense in Denver. It's not Drew Locke's fault that he's not being used correctly. It's the Broncos' fault for consistently hiring guys like Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio and shit. How about we go hire an offensive-minded head coach not named Gary Kubiak or Mike Shanahan? Can we please get out of – we can run, run zone read and bootleg and shit with a different coach. It doesn't have to be the Mike Shanahan tree. Mm. Like Joe Brady in Carolina – he is my and Eric and I like Eric Bieniemy as a head coach, but I think that Andy Reid schemes the shit and Eric calls it. I don't know if I think Eric is learning a ton from Andy, but I don't know how many schemes he's coming up with. And I could be wrong. I think Eric Bieniemy would be a great head coach, just not in Denver. Don't come to Denver, EB. You don't want this. But a, a Joe Brady, a guy who has no ties to Colorado whatsoever. Who can, it, it, but this is the problem. Is he going to be able to come in, a guy like that, or an, another offensive-minded guy, uh, uh, Landon Collin, or Landon Collin, Land, uh, Lincoln Riley, guys like that, are they going to be able to come in and actually do what they want to do? Or are they going to walk in and go, hey, I gave you the job, and now I'm going to handcuff you? And right. that's the, what, So is the problem in the front office, in the head coach's office, or in the you quarterback know, to, room? To me, it seems like the best organizations that are the most successful have – a partnership between the head coach and the GM. They're both on the exact same page. They both want the same team. They both know how to build it together. If you look at what Brett Veach and Andy are doing in Kansas City, if you look at what John Lynch and Shanahan are doing in, in San Francisco. Um, what about Bill O'Brien? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's a good example of a disaster, right? Oh, God. Um, so it's like, you know, these guys, um, these teams, they're able to – they have this cohesiveness in the front office. Um, the Eagles had it for a while. They're struggling right now. But same thing over there, you know, when they were successful for, for quite a few years and won a chip over there. So um, the Seahawks have that exact kind of thing, you know. And so you have to – 
there's like this identity of the organization and it's like the Steelers have it right. You ever seen the, you ever seen a bad Steelers course since the day you came out Never. since the day you were born, They're always you ever woke up and say, Oh, bad life. No, because they say, so here's what we do. If you went to Pittsburgh and the new coach, they say, welcome Matt. So here's what we do. We run the ball. We now we can pass, but we're always going to be able to run it. So we're going to have a good play line, good defense and we're going to play good defense and it starts with linebacker. So we're going to try to have the best linebacking core. And we had it in 78 and we had it in 88 and we had it in 98. We had it in 2008 and we had it in 2018. I mean, this the, is what we do. This is who Steelers we are. The Steelers always have, look, this right now, Watt, Bud Dupree, Lamar Woodley, Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green, LeVon Kirkland, Chad Brown, Chad Brown uh, just goes Jack on Lambert, forever. Jack Hamm. Uh, how about I mean, the kid? The fuck. kid, the kid was incredible that got the incredible that got paralyzed. Uh, Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier. Yeah, they I got mean, dudes. It, and always. it's not like, it's not like they just draft dudes. They develop right. and they that's, keep their guys so around that's the core of their team so so if you ask that you say okay so what's oh cool so like what's the broncos philosophy then what's their identity quarterback well, you know they're the the steelers know. are known for hard-nosed football teams and linebackers that's the first thing you think of the broncos are known for elite quarterback play and this is my issue i'm tired of watching drew Locke trying to develop into eli manning drew Locke's not eli manning drew Locke. Is a is, is the same kind of quarterback that Mahomes is. He's the same kind of quarterback that Kyler Murray is. He's the same kind of quarterback that Russell Wilson is. If you allow him to be, they're trying to they're trying to put a square a, a square block into a round hole. The shit ain't working. This ain't a porno. I mean, come on, man. We can stuff anything we want in a porno. This ain't a porno. You can't just stuff it. It ain't gonna work. And it, it, it's gotten to the point where the frustration is not with Drew Locke. The frustration is Drew Locke playing the company line and knowing that the company is fucking wrong. And that's what needs to change. The company's crazy. You should have known that when they signed Melvin Gordon instead of giving Phil Lindsay money. Why in the hell would you sign Melvin Gordon anyway? Didn't he go in the first round? We don't take running backs in the first round where I come from. We don't need to do it. You can find a running back undrafted. The Broncos do it constantly. Why the fuck are we paying $8 million to Melvin Gordon? So he can be gone in a year? That was a bad one. That's, uh, there, the, there's, that's the worst free agent oh, since oh. Michael Dean Perry. I mean, it's that's a bad one. And not signing Phil kind of doubles down on it because then you create animosity from a household. Would you leave? You know, from a hometown kid. Would you leave? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, I... It's, He'll always it's, be revered as a Bronco. People can think whatever they want. There's a difference between money and respect. I mean, I think that they need to come in. If he's able to come back and finish the year and stuff, I mean, if he gets injured again or a couple more if times. If the concussion keeps him out and he can't play the rest of the year, that's a different story. Well, but if he's, he's not back and play. I mean, he's been playing since he was six years old. He's going to play football again. I've already I talked to him. Yeah. He'll, he'll be back in a week or two. Yeah. I mean, the concussion should, protocol in the NFL being what it is, he, he's going to sit out a game. And he, he is going to miss a game? I mean, I, if I was Phil, I'd probably sit out a game. Would you? The, no, you the, wouldn't. The, Why are you fucking lying? I'm. You was, would not. If it was me? Yeah, you would not I, miss a game. I wouldn't miss a game. I know you've played with concussions I, anyway. I played with concussions So why are you legs? saying you would miss a game when you wouldn't because miss a game? Because I don't play running back. I'm not taking hits. I'm delivering Okay, hits. okay. As an offensive and defensive lineman, I can but count I just on know. my hands how many okay, times okay. I got hit. Let, let me, may, maybe like now in 2020 you would, but when you were playing, you wouldn't no, have no, missed a game. Hell. Right, no not matter what position. Like I had a broken leg and played with a cast on. I'm not missing a fucking game. Like, unless I can't play and I'm hurting my football team, I'm not missing the game. I think Phil will play. He probably shouldn't, but he will. And he'll play well. I got I, – so I, I have a hot take here. You might trash me for you. Hot might agree. shit! I think that the Broncos' offer to Justin Simmons was shown now to be exactly what it should be. I think that – they, I think that they would have been wrong to give him the money he wants. I still think they, if they end up do giving the money he wants, they'll be wrong. I don't think he's a top five guy like he thinks he is, and I and I don't think he deserves big time money. I think he's a good system safety, is what I think of Justin Simmons. Huh. I think that I agree. I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you wholeheartedly because you can go out and find a guy like Kareem Jackson who I think is a better player. I, th I watch Justin Simmons make business decisions all the time. I watched him do it against Pittsburgh three or four times. James Conner's running towards the first down marker. He doesn't take him out. Kareem Jackson's throwing his whole body at everything. I, I just I feel like you can go find that guy that somebody else developed and didn't want anymore to pay that much money to. I, my, my issue with Denver is if you want to get rid of Justin Simmons, okay, that's fine. 
get rid of Justin Simmons if you don't want to resign him. At what point are they going to start keeping the guys? That I agree. Know, no, I do agree with that. But there is one side on this particular player that says, like, "Hey, I want to be played like the best player, the best safety." And Broncos fans saying he's like a best safety, and it's like, okay. Is he Jamal Adams? Is he Tyran Matthew? Is he the kid in, in San Diego? No. And the answer is like, no, he's no. not. He's like, not those even. guys transform entire game yeah. plans. Tyron Matthew took Kansas City's defense from substandard to Super Bowl caliber. It's like, it's like he's not that guy. Like Justin Simmons is not a Hall of Fame player. Justin Simmons is a – is he, yeah, he made a Pro Bowl. That's great. But I, I just – I agree with you that they shouldn't be investing the amount of money they are going to invest in the safety position when they can't find anybody to consistently play next to Alexander Johnson. And when they can't find, you know, depth in the defensive line and they got to pay Shelby Harris and they just played Mike Purcell and yeah, right when after they pay him, he tears his list. Yeah, I like I mean, him, by the way. Sucks. I like Mike. Mike is a stud. He's great. And He's I'm a good glad player. that I'm glad they paid him. They need to pay Shelby Harris. They need to figure yeah, out. They need yeah. to extend Bradley Chubb before he gets to his. That's a good D line. They have a good D line. Uh, right now. Look, their That's defense is legit. I agree. They're, look, we got an argument before yeah, and the show that was even a, started. Yeah, it was a solid. They game played what well. they played well. They were 0 for, Kansas City was 0 for eight on third downs. They they sacked uh, Mahomes three times. If the offense could get their head out of their ass and and just. You know, hold on to the football and stop giving it back to the other team at a monumental rate and start running the shit out of the ball, they probably won the game. But that's neither here nor there. They got beat 43 to 16 and it's ugly and it doesn't really matter what they did well. When you lose 43 to 16, nobody gives a shit. So let's get into the Chargers here and then we'll get out of here. This is episode 87, McChesney Unchained. It's kind of a long episode. Me and Spano have been arguing the whole time and that's the beauty of it. This is the bar show. Um, <clears throat> remember to check out the turning point. It'll either be up today or tomorrow at some mm. point. Um, like and it, it'll be a good show. A one. Talk about a lot of what Drew Locke's not seeing. And again, it's not on him. This isn't about Herbert and Locke. This is about the Denver Broncos against the Chargers. Both teams are desperate. Both teams are two and four. And this is a play out game, in my opinion. Whoever loses this game, your season is fucking cooked. You're done. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you lose this, this game. It's you over. have to. Yep, this yep, is yep. a must-win. Yeah, you're in sell mode then instead and of buy mode. One hundred percent. And the trade deadline's this Thursday, so I guess we're screwed at that point. Um, but I, I will say this: if the Broncos can find a way to beat the Chargers on Sunday, and I don't really give a shit how it's done, just do it constructively and stop turning the ball over and let your defense play. They've got Miami and Atlanta, and you're looking at an opportunity to maybe be five and four, and right in the hunt. So. Yeah, Season ain't true. over. Yep. And if Drew yep. Locke wants to be the quarterback here, maybe he needs to go have a goddamn conversation with the OC. Yeah, I mean, nine wins will get you into the play. It will get you a wild card. Not the AFC. You don't think so? No, I mean, look at the AFC East. Ten. No one's going to win. Who's going to win? Uh, the the wild is the only team. Out yeah, of it's the, the only thing. So I mean, the wild. So so second place in the AFC East is an, a seven or eight win team. You're getting three. Out uh, of the north. Who, who's in North? Uh, all three of those teams are making the playoffs. Steelers, Ravens, and Browns are all going to make the playoffs. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. That's 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 the and one. That's take, the one that then, impacts the so conference. If, yeah, you're right. If, yep, if yep. the Browns fall off and the Broncos win nine, they might be able to get in. Yeah, sure. But I, I have a feeling they could win ten games this year and maybe not get in. In the NFC, you could have six teams that have twelve wins. I mean, th- this is the playoff situation right now. AFC, Pittsburgh 6-0, and they're the one seed. If the playoffs started the day, Kansas City at 6-1 and would host the seven-seed Colts at 4-2. and Tennessee 5-1 and would host the Browns at 5-2. and Buffalo 5-2 and would host Baltimore at 5-1. and uh, Miami's 3-3, three and three. the Raiders are 3-3, three and three. Denver's 2-4, and four. that's 8-9-10. NFC, Green Bay is 5-1, and one. they're the one seed. Steeler or the Seattle's two, they would host New Orleans four and two. Seattle's five and one. Tampa Bay's five and two. They're the three seed. They would host Arizona at five and two. Philadelphia's two, four and one. Laughable, man. <laughs> they would host Chicago at five and two. The Rams are five and two. The Niners are four and three. And Detroit's three and three. That's eight, nine, and ten. So the NFC is a fucking dogfight, too. So I think the Broncos do beat the Chargers at home on Sunday. But at the same if it turns into a Locke versus Herbert shootout, I think we lose. So we need to play within the scheme, uh, but at the same time, the scheme needs to change. 
So they need to figure that shit out. My biggest issue on Sunday, and this is why I think the Broncos are going to have a really tough chance, is that, you know, when Phil Lindsay is out there, it's a completely different offense. They run for huge chunks. Uh, the defense plays inside of the box. It gives them op- big open shots down the field. Um, play action, you can see guys biting and being aggressive. And when Melvin Gordon's in there, nobody's scared. No one gives a shit. No one. And so it's, uh, it's just... It makes me really wonder if Phil's not going to be in there. Like, does the entire offense shut down again? Or are we just kind of waiting for these, hoping for these big plays? I, you know, Shermer hasn't really shown me this ability to scheme guys open really well it's and stuff. It's always the same and, shit. You know, I mean, even these catches that we're saying, like those drops, they were beautiful throws, you know, two weeks ago. Um, but, like, they were hitting guys – you know, they, they were right over the shoulder, tough catches down the sideline or a jumping catch in the end zone that goes through the hands of a guy and stuff. And um, like I, I, what I don't see enough of, and this has been my complaint, and it's a little more this year, but still a complaint. You know, when I see good offenses, I see throws to open receivers all the time. I don't ever see throws to wide open receivers in Denver. Looking deep to short. <sighs> yeah. All the short routes are open. You just have – it's timing – it's when your back foot hits. If your first read's not open, your second read is wide open. You've got to read and throw the goddamn ball. But at the same time, it can't just be on Drew Locke. It's not like Drew Locke is the one with 30 years of offensive coordinating experience in the NFL with all these different quarterbacks. No, that's Pat Schumer. So Pat needs to change. If he doesn't change, they're fucked. Look at Bruce Arians. They were 1-1, one and, one, and there's a bunch of turmoil about what they're going to be. And then he changed, and they blew up. Let's play within the confines, or let's play within the restrictions of the player, not within the restrictions of the scheme. The scheme can only do so much when your quarterback's an athlete. This is a scheme where your quarterback's a statue. This isn't Eli fucking Manning or Ben Roethlisberger. It's not Peyton Manning. It's not Tom Brady. Drew can move. Move. When he's bootlegs, it cuts half the field off. What happened to zone reads and sprint outs and shit? Every if every time he throws the ball well, he has to bootleg. Well, shit, man. Eventually, they're going to just stop honoring the cutback, and they're going to start running into his ass right when he turns around. He's going to get his ass kicked. It has, it's a bootleg's a changeup. So we'll see what happens. This is episode 87 of Chesney Unchained, coming to you from the DNBR Barn Studio. Thanks for having me, brother. Down here off of Colfax. This place kicks ass. Thank you to the boss man, Brandon Spano. Uh, the turning point will be up at some point this week, so make sure you check it out at Six Zero Academy on Twitter and Instagram, and then at DNVR underscore Sports for any and all content. Uh, always follow the show at DNVR Unchained. I'm your host Matt McChesney, Dennis Brandon Spano. Thanks for listening to us argue on the Bar Show, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>